Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast spoiler minisode for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, or MI7 for short. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watched Tonight, and the only guy whose mission I'd accept, I guess, is, is my <laughs> on work from workviews.com. How are you, sir? I am doing very well, Matt. Uh, ready to talk about Mission Impossible. I should probably really write these intros before we dive in, but it's more fun on the fly. Yeah, let's do it. This is a spoiler minisode for MI7. If you hadn't got that already, if you haven't seen Dead Reckoning Part 1, we're going to be going full spoiler now, so we suggest you drop off, go watch the film, come back, and see if you agree with our point of view. Spoiler warning over. Now, uh, Dead Reckoning, we were both very up on this film. We both very much enjoyed it, whilst recognising that there were flaws for... Uh, non-spoiler review check out our main episode from a few days ago um i was really taken aback by the spectacle again and the scope and the sheer kind of kinetic energy the real whiz bang energy which was coming off the screen but i had an issue with the dialogue jb so let's let uh, let's get that kind of uh screenplay elephant out of the room now i know you had a few uh examples which you weren't a fan of i mean i, I mean in a broad statement one of the things I really didn't like, or as I didn't like, one of the things that really bugged me, or it became so notable, and I know you thought this as well, is how we were being rammed down our throat that this is a vital mission, this is crucial, this mission can't end, uh, can't, we have to, can't, must succeed, it has, can't fail. We've got to. Every other sentence was talking about the, the, how crucial this mission was and how critical it was, and I thought, well, I got that immediately, and then on top of yeah. that, we keep. And the goddamn entity, the key, this and there, and it just became a little bit too much. There's, there's expository dialogue, and then there's hand holding, and then there's just, well, you know, we we're so sold on the visual element of this that we kind of forgot that we need to do more than a first or second draft of this. But um, I know you had a few issues as well with the dialogue throughout. Yeah, I don't remember at this point other other than that daisy chain thing I talked about. Um, but yeah, like there's, like you said, the expositional dialogue, um, there's the whole sequence at the nightclub, the, the party, but it's, it feels more like a nightclub than a party to me, but I don't go to either. Oh, so. John Wick, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And, uh, that whole like sequence feels a little clunky. Um, everything they have Asai Morales say feels not real. Like, it, like one, like how did he end up with the entity? Like that whole thing doesn't really... It's a. I mean, I think the ultimate problem is the entity. Uh, they create a villain that is uh, doesn't have a body, and thus doesn't. That's something that's really hard to visualize. So you have to have a stand-in, which is what a Cy Morales's character becomes. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then um, they don't. The the thing that got me was the entity's rules because he was only powerful when it was convenient for the plot. And that is a constant issue when you write a character, or especially you write a villain who is all powerful. Yep. That it becomes well, like why doesn't he just kill them? Like there's a sequence where uh, he the AI starts replacing their voices on the conversation, like their their radio channels, and like like I think Ethan here is Benji telling him to do something that Benji's not telling him to do. Yes. Tells him to go down the alley. Yeah, that's right. And it's like, well, why didn't it do that earlier? Like it. 
it had that ability and it it didn't use that the whole time. Why doesn't it always do that? Like why, you know, and it's like the worst part of horror films when the the villain is like a supernatural entity. You could just kill everyone yeah. with a snap of the finger, but yeah, decides not to. And I hear you with this. Yeah. Like I understand or the point. Yeah, like good point. the poltergeist. Uh, one of my favorite sequences is when the wife turns around and all the chairs are stacked. And it's like, but why? Yeah. Why did the angry ghost decide to stack the chairs? Like, what was? I think the end is going to minorly film as well. <laughs> I think, yeah, the AI wrote the AI wrote this film for the most part, but uh, it, it's a good point because it isn't. It is posited as an all-powerful, all-knowing, unescapable, mm-hmm. unavoidable, omnipresent. All the words there, villain, but which is it? In turn creates so many of those uh bad exposition moments where like we have to understand why they're all on typewriters or why they decided to make these analog monitors into a giant screen like and it's like well why is that necessary to have the giant screen like it's again it's a cool visual and that's there's a lot of moments in this movie where it's like yes it's a cool visual but it in it breaks the reality of the the characters that you've created in a way that's damaging but still again the movie's so fun i let it pass but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, I think I cut you off there, my friend. We're so excited to to, to just jump on the AI uh, part of this, the entity. But I mean, I I don't dislike the idea of the entity no. as a premise. I think it's actually, you know, it, I think this film was written before. I think, well, it clearly was written well before the whole AI argument we're in now. It was written years before, but it's come out at a time when it now feels so so now so prevalent to what's happening today. But it, it, because of that, it also feels a little bit lame. But I, I do love the idea of of this, and I love the I love the fact that where the where essentially where the soul, the heart of this entity lies, is at the bottom of the sea in the um in the submarine, the down submarine. So we know we're going back there in yeah. the second film, uh, which is going to be a fantastic set piece. I don't know how Tom Cruise is going to swim that far down without um a breath uh, a breath mask, but you know he's going to try. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's exciting. So what it's set up is very interesting. But yeah, like you, I don't like the the kind of change in power dynamics throughout the film, where this entity could just, you know, why why if it has the power to do this, why isn't it like to bring bring yeah. nations to their knees, bring go- governments down, you know, essentially kill any individual it wants because it can give away all of their secrets. I don't. You know, again, the answer is because the plot says it has to, like you said. Yes. But it is a little bit frustrating uh, when it happens. Um, and yeah, the dialogue I think is a little bit ropey. I mentioned the fridging in this film. That I was going to ask about that next. Yeah, you got Rebecca Ferguson. Her character is, uh, and not just her as well. Pom Clementiev as well, and Haley Atwell. To a point, you know, they're all they're all either put in peril, hurt, or killed in order to give Tom Cruise's character Ethan Hunt that motivation to go on you know it's 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 the idea of you know putting the woman in the fridge um to to push the the male protagonist's story forward and and this you know in in that sense this feels very much like a a film that a franchise that started in 1996 when you just that's just was the norm now but now it feels a little odd especially when the female characters are i think presented very well here i think pom clementiev is uh, so awesome. great villain, such an entertaining, yeah. intense villain. Haley Atwell, uh, she, like she, cool. she matches Tom Cruise punch for punch in this film in more ways than one. And Rebecca Ferguson is goddamn Rebecca Ferguson, man. You know, yeah. And they're, they're written well, they're uh, well, well enough. They're portrayed well, performed well, and they're given more than enough things to do in this. They're not, I mean, Rebecca Ferguson maybe less, but she does get that great action sequence against um, 
Uh, Sam Morales. Hey, Sam Morales. That's it. I couldn't see his name on the list, but it, at the same time, though, when you've got such strong character like that to reduce him also to you know, being there, you know, save me, Tom, save me. It does feel a little bit daft because he didn't need to do that because Ethan Hunt is, you know, he just, he, he was told throughout this is the most crucial mission ever. You know, you know, just you use that. You don't need to bring other people down to push him, but. Other than that, there weren't really many other f- issues I have with the film, JB. I think I think it looks brilliant. I think it looks great. I think the mm-hmm. sequences, for the most part, are sensational. Um, I, I, I think killing off Ferguson's character is a mistake. Um, I would have rather... Yeah. Like, if, I've heard some... Like, maybe in real yeah. world, she has uh, a busy schedule, and maybe that's why... I would have preferred them just, like, not having her in the movie then. Um, let yeah, her character... Yeah, yeah go off in the sunset come back later you know um but i i did love the dynamic of Haley atwell and tom cruise because that's spoiler episodes aren't just for us to say the bad things like the car chase in this movie yeah we do um but the car chase with Haley atwell and tom cruise handcuffed together not only is it (laughs) thrilling but it's hilarious like the the chemistry there like them flipping when they like flip over and over and over and then like they've switched places in the car it's so good um I love that whole sequence. Haley Atwell's character is super interesting. I think her performance is tremendous. Uh, so much charm and so much conveyed through her eyes. Yeah. Just really, really enjoyed everything she brought to the film. And while I didn't want Ferguson to have to leave, which does seem to be the trend with these movies, is like, well, you can't have two good dominant females. Like, so. Um, You've got Vanessa Kirby, let's not forget. Who's always great. And, like, that's. Th- Slack, the the film cast pointed this out and it really made me realize how impressive the performance was because at one point Haley Atwell's character uh, I don't remember her name but she puts on a Vanessa Kirby mask um, <laughs> but she doesn't put on a Vanessa Kirby mask that's Vanessa Kirby yeah, yeah. playing Haley Atwell playing her character and it's so good that I forgot it wasn't Haley Atwell playing her because the brown eyes yeah. really threw me off but yeah vanessa kirby such a tremendous talent and yeah that sequence now, is insanely good yeah she's getting she's getting a lot of work now which is great to see um yes because she's a very very talented actress and i mentioned we mentioned pom clementiev in that sequence that bonkers car, car chase sequence where tom cruise Haley atwell there they're they're changing uh changing places in the car trading places in the car they're getting stuck every which way you're not they're being chased down by a, a cackling, screaming, um, angry Pom Clementiev, um, her assassin is called Paris. Uh, so you've got her as well. And um, I love the scene in the alleyway where it's Tom Cruise versus henchman number one and um, Pom Clementiev. I thought that was very, very good. And where the setup that she's going to betray, uh, betray, uh, betray her side and join Ethan is uh, it comes to fruition and it's a satisfying arc for her character even though of course it isn't done yet but the the train sequence i think was really really good as well you mentioned the vanessa kirbiness for all that yeah. was so great because the whole time tom uh, ethan hunt is wait you know he's waiting for direction you know he's missed the train because the train sped up because of what's happened with the driver and the the people on board they've they've uh the plan has been changed and of course now ethan hunt's got to do his incredibly jaw-dropping uh, motorcycle skydive which is amazing to watch but the train sequence is brilliant but also the end of it 
when they when the when the bridge that they had to construct and blow up themselves was blown up of course yeah. then you've got the carriages one by one all tumbling off the side and they and uh Hayley atwell ethan hunter that tom cruise are having to try and climb up and get to the next carriage before the before they end up falling over the edge i think that was also done really really well when it i mentioned that a few sequences overstayed their welcome a little bit for me but i'm talking minutes here that one didn't even though they were going sort of like two three four carriages i was in the whole time because you know if i'm looking at trying to kind of put real world physics in it wouldn't just be one or two carriages that go over it would be a lot because they are being pulled down by that thing called gravity um so yeah i really liked that scene i thought that was really really tense and to know that we're getting more pom in part two is is very exciting. But yeah, it's a shame Rebecca Ferguson won't be in it. Uh, hopefully, Ving Rhames is in it a little bit more than he was in in this film. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I came out very very excited by this JB. I think the atmosphere and the mystery they created was uh, presented well and delivered well. If the dialogue wasn't, I think the mystery was done uh, very well throughout this. It's, yeah. it's more than just big set piece after big set piece there is a real kind of tangible mystery which i think they did really well jb yeah um one last last thing uh because the set pieces we talk about all the action like the 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 big bike jump is awesome i really like the airport sequence um oh in dubai yeah abu dhabi where he meets Haley atwell and there's it's not really action like there's a chase but it's like a walking chase so it's not quite the mm-hmm. same and there's like ving rames is like hacking the system and and benji's running to try to find a bomb and then defuse the bomb <laughs> and answering riddles and Cruz is trying to get atwell and the key and there's this whole like exchange thing going on i i just thought that was so like it felt like a spy thing that we don't get a lot of in like i feel like the last couple have been so heavily action-based that you aren't getting a lot of that the mission impo- impossible spy element mm-hmm. that felt the most spy element in this film and I really enjoyed that sequence. I just want to shout out that too, because it was a fun, a fun version of the set pieces. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's a very good shout, JP. I loved that with the, the key constantly changing between, um, between Hayley Atwell, between Tom Cruise, uh, was very well done while all the while he's being chased down. You've got the bomb threat and everything else. Um, what did you think about the, uh, cause it's, it's facial recognition, isn't it? What did you think about that? I know we're talking about a, a franchise, which doesn't necessarily find itself grounded in reality, but obviously at, in, in the airport, they're trying to go after Ethan Hunt and you know, the, the images are being manipulated. So different people appear to be Ethan Hunt. How did you find that? I mean, I liked it. I thought it worked. Uh, mm-hmm. Luther's always been an un, unquestioned hacker. Like, he's just that good. Like, it doesn't matter what it calls for. He's just a couple clicks on a keyboard. Gotcha. Um, I believe that more than the Charlize Theron hacking in Fast X, if that says anything. Um, 100%. So, uh, it worked for me. Um, I thought, again, it, it, even if it's not believable, I think it's a cool set piece you know it's a cool way of working around technology we know exists you know yeah no agree um yeah so other than the dialogue which was frustrating for me and a few kind of minor nitpicks um for between myself and jb it's getting uh thumbs up across the board here and yes tom cruise does spend a bit of the film running his butt off so if you want to see tom cruise running there's a few great scenes here of tom cruise running i don't know how he doesn't fall out of breath because watching him made me breathless whilst doing that but i don't know when part two is coming out jb we speculated that it could be uh, obviously due to the ongoing strikes it could now be a little while before we get that um 
which may or may not be the important issue there. But when that does come out, how excited are you now for part two, JB? Because I am very much looking forward to how they apparently round this off. Yeah, I, I really hope they know where they're going with it. That's my biggest fear is that they don't, because again, the the implications are that they kind of ad lib a lot of the story. So, like, I hope they have a plan. Um, but I'm excited for it. Uh, I mean, at the very least, it'll be a fun watch. But like, to the fact that there's two parts implies that they do have an overarching idea. I just hope it pays off. Yep, there we go. It's from the uh, from the horse's mouth himself, and John doesn't really like horses on screen, so. That's saying a lot. But that is our spoiler review then for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, the seventh film in the long-running franchise now since 1996, which is wild to think about. We're going to be back next week with uh, our spoilery thoughts on, wow, Barbie and Oppenheimer. So please do come back and check in for those as well. But we'd love to hear what you think about Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, and what you think about our opinions. Hopefully you agree with them. If not, let's be civil and talk about why not. If you want to find us online, you can do on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. John, on Instagram and threads, where are we? We are at uh, Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. Uh, yes, sir. And continuing the whole meta-ness of it all, Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast on Facebook, if you fancy that as well. Uh, check us out on the Tomato Meter. The reviews go up on there. and We do contribute to the number which annoys people or satisfies people, depending on what side of the tomato you roll with. If you want to find me online, you can do at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and just search what I watch tonight across all the socials, including Letterboxd. And John, where are you? Um, I am at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. Uh, yes, sir. Check check us out for all our Fantasia Festival reviews going forward for the next few weeks. Uh, and if you have a spare two seconds, please do consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice because it really helps the show grow, gets more listeners in and gets us up those listening lists as well. But with that, as always, stay bloody awesome. And keep watching movies. Blood, 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 bloody, 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 blood, blood, b